Well, we have a truly amazing guest today. Drummer Brian Tishy is here. The man has played with almost every big name musician and band, Ozzy Osbourne, Steven Tyler, Slash, Billy Idol, Foreigner, Whitesnake, the list goes on and on. And of course, his current gig with the Dead Daisies, they have a new album out, Radiance. Check out my interview with David Lowy if you haven't uh, listened to that one already. We go into the album a little bit more in depth. Um, we didn't have a lot of time on this one uh, with Brian, but we cover a lot of great stuff, including his solo project, Ball, where he sang and played guitar, recording with Steven Tyler, his work ethic, and so much more. Stick around. Yeah, so thanks for doing my show. I thought that was really cool. You commented on my interview with David Lowy, and I was like, oh, wow. Well, like, I know your name, obviously. You've been in so many bands. I was like, that's, and obviously I knew you from Dead Daisy. So I was like, I got to have you on the show. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I happened to end up seeing that, and I thought it was uh, well done. So, yeah, put a little comment in there, and here we are. Yeah, thank you so much. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, you got your guitar. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I sit here, and it's always here, so I can always pick it up and don't have to go make an extra earn to pick a guitar up. Yeah, that was one thing I learned about you is that you you play guitar, and you you sang that band Ball. I couldn't, I could only find one song. It was a Trap Like a Rat. But that was cool. That was a really cool riff. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> but it was, uh, I don't know, late 90s, and I just wanted to uh, see if I could get that going. I had written a lot of stuff and uh, didn't have or know of a singer. And then I was like, ah, let's see what happens. Let's go for it. And that it ended up, um, man, this was like 98, 99. And, and I started playing around L.A. And um, uh a friend of mine started a label in Japan, heard it, and it was demos. It was just the demos of a bunch of bunch of songs I did with uh, at Gilby Clark's place, and he was like producing, you know, and recording it all. and And they 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 gave me a little record deal over there and put it out in '99. And then I uh, got a little deal in the states at the end of that year and did a record in 2000. The full record deal was like you know the real deal, but then toward the end of the year we had mastered record. We started to talk artwork. And the label started falling apart. My A&R guy left and all these records they were supposed to put out got canceled. And I sensed it coming and I was like, okay. And it just, uh, it, it fizzled out. And I tried for a little bit after that, but then, uh, yeah, that was about, that was about it for the most part. Yeah. Can you put that out now? Like on yourself, like just on Spotify or something? Yeah, I'm sure I could, but I, I don't really want to. <laughs> really? I want to yeah, hear it. It's kind of cool. Now it was, I mean, it was, it was, there's some good guitar riffs and decent stuff, but, uh, I, it was my first time ever trying to sing ever you know um i think the only thing i had done before that was i did a cover of an ace really song on a on an ace really tribute record in like yeah rip it out yeah yeah and and i went in one day and did the, the whole song in like eight hours mixed it and just played everything and sang and and that was a great experience just to see if i could do it and uh you know, but but listening back, it's like lyrically and uh, my voice. I don't even. I don't really want to hear it. So I still don't really want to hear my voice. But I would probably do a little bit of a better job all around if I was to do like some kind of solo record or whatever. Now, uh, but but uh, over over the past, well, that's a long time, twenty years or something. I I've done a lot of songwriting for a buddy of mine who had a music company, a songwriting company that he would get hire people to write songs and get them in movies and commercials and TV shows and all that. And he had seen that band 
came to me after the show and said, "Hey, I have a you know thing I'm starting up, and would you want to write some songs?" So through that, I ended up doing I don't even know sixty, seventy songs over these years for him, and most of it's ended up in commercials, TV shows, and movies and stuff. And uh, but that's that was cool because it's like you have to write songs in a style of in a vein of, hmm. but they're not you know you don't want to write them where you're like oh. I, I think that's something I should keep, which has happened. But, you know, so, so it's a good ch uh, challenge and a, just a songwriting, just a, you know, work of, uh, you know, just, just work in your songwriting, you know? And, oh, yeah. Uh, so if you get something you really like, then you, do you hang on to that one, write a different one for the movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, it was, well, it wasn't, it wouldn't be specifically for like a, a movie. He would take the bulk of songs and then hmm. send them out to all his people. And then okay. over the course of a year, you go, oh, cool. That was in Law & Order. That was in MTV Cribs. That was in this special. That, you know, that was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. And you'd see things popping up and find out about it later, you know. because You he, get he, like a, a percentage of that or does he just play a flat rate? You, you'd get, you know, hey, I'll pay you this much here. And, you know, you get, a, you get your songwriting and, uh, you know. But it's it's a work for hire, so yeah. he owns it. So that's the whole um, thing is that you know I you know my company owns it. We can do whatever we want with it. But I'm getting, you know, I mean seriously, it's probably 20 years later. Those songs are still being used in residual income. That's yeah. the dream. Yeah, yeah, and and it's been and sometimes things pop up. It's it's the point with of telling you that was that yeah that that's that's where I have to write the lyrics and sing. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a good, it's a nice you know, challenge and, and, uh, it's good practice, you know, would you but, do a solo record? I would love to hear that, especially if you had a bunch of guests, like all, I mean, you know, all these musicians, like have Gilby Clark sing and play guitar on a song. And well, I would, I think I'd start off just going, I'm going to do it because it makes sense. Yeah. If you have guests then there's more attention, but I think if I was going to do it, I would just do it to say, this is what I do. You know, this is, mm -hmm. this is it. Guests are cool, and yeah, maybe something somebody would do something somewhere on it. But I, in my head, I just think if I'm going to go for it, the easiest thing is to just do it all yourself. Mm. Yes, you won't get that. Oh, Brian Tessie solo record featuring blah 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 blah, and so oh cool. Then it then it's more noteworthy or whatever. But uh, that wouldn't be my goal. Would to be getting attention because of like names and you know oh I mean whatever Shanker guitar solo and you know this guy on drums and this guy singing. It, then it's like uh, that. That's fine. Maybe, maybe somewhere in there it would happen. But I think I would just go for it on myself and just go. This is what this is what it is. Yeah, here it is. That's pretty cool too, though. Yeah, especially I mean, because you've kind of already you've already gotten your name out there and you've already proved that you can work with all these other people. So to do it all by yourself, that'd be a really big challenge. Yeah, I think that's maybe even like you just said, just to okay, I have done a lot of stuff with you know that's what I do is play with you know hired. To, play with people you know in notable bands or whatever but but yeah so to flip it completely the other way and go no nobody's you know that's that's what that's what that band ball was it was really that just going at the time i was just telling a friend or something it was uh, somehow i played with with uh, ozzy in 2000 on the oz fest and that was sure. awesome you know it was just such an amazing experience uh as has been playing with you know all those you know bands you grew up on and big artists and all, but playing with Ozzy was just really extra special. And uh, but at the time I had that band going, and um, my mindset was so guitar songwriter band singer guy, you know, like just that was where my mind was. And I had recorded the record, 
which was really essentially just recording the demos that were released in Japan, or maybe with a couple new songs, but I just said, well, those were demos. I'm going to do it for real now, do it better, which, you know, I don't even know if the versions were actually better. They were, they were fine, but it wasn't like I did some major improvement. Hmm. Uh, but any, anyways, it was, uh, I wasn't in drummer mode there. So then, then playing with Ozzy, I, of course, you know, sit behind drums and I'm playing with Ozzy. I'm going to, I'm a drummer, but in my head, I was like, band we, we we have a deal we just recorded the record when i finished the store we're going to master it so my mind was so you know when you get your own thing going you know and it's your own songs that's it's a different different mindset it's a different way you know different different side of your personality i guess in a in a way you know so so i was cool it was awesome to play but i was still like yeah yeah i'm doing this i'm playing drums because what i do but but i really have this other thing i'm on guitar and singing and i, I want to see that happen you know, that's interesting. You're playing drums with Ozzy, and that's like I think you said that's one of your career highlights. But at the same time, you're thinking more about your solo stuff. That was more important to you. Well, in the big picture, yeah, be, just because drums, I don't know. Like drums are the that's the top of the top for me. That's what I do. But but, mm -hmm. but when you put all that time alone into writing, and and you have no clue if anybody's going to like, like I yeah, I know I can play drums. I know that was the natural thing for me to do as a kid. You know, it came kind of easily you know of course i practiced a lot and played a ton but it wasn't like i had to it was it was fun it made sense everything about drums made sense you know and singing is not that's a, that was a that's a struggle you know and writing lyrics and you go second guessing everything and just that whole paranoia of standing in front of an audience and you know on a stage and or presenting your songs to people this is my voice these are my lyrics this is my that's you know, that was brand new, brand new. Whereas drums is like, yeah, I've been playing drums since I was like eight or nine years old, the records. That's, that's, that's my comfort zone. You know, this was not, but I loved it. Cause I, and it started cause I lo always love guitar and I just love you hit a riff, you play guitar and you have a drummer and a bass player and you're playing together. That side of the band is just massive. I absolutely love it. You know, and the singing thing wasn't, I love singers. I wish I could sing. I wish I had, you know, was one of those people that, you know, some people are just gifted with good tone and just a good ear. And if they work on it, you know, before you know it, they can be a badass singer and, and a songwriter. And uh, I, I love that. I, I love, you know, but I think it's just like I love music because, but I think I, you know, so drummers, yeah, and then guitar players. And I think right after that, it's just I absolutely love guitar uh, vocalists and just listening to how an amazing singer, you know, delivers the goods. You know, I, 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 it's, it's, uh, yeah, it befuddles me, just, you know, perplexed when I hear, like, how do you just make that happen? Like, you listen to a Bob Seger track. We all take Bob Seger for granted. Mm. But listen to his voice, you're like, it's so effortless, and it's so spot on, and it's so right, and there's nothing wrong. And it's just, you know, there's guys like that. You're just like, whoa, you know. But I'm so far from that. So uh, so that creates a lot of paranoia, you know, when you're starting out and doing it. So that's that was all, it was all a new thing, you know. But and, didn't you sing, uh, did you not sing background vocals ever? Yeah, yeah, that's you know it's background like vocal. <laughs> you, you, you know it's just not the same. If you you know that's great, you're enhancing a part of the song, you know, with your vocals and stuff. But it's so not the same as in front of a band singing your lyrics and your melodies and with whatever your voice sounds like, you know. And your voice—that's yeah. God. You know, oh, my hands hurt, or I got calluses, or whatever. Singers—that's the hardest thing, especially on tours. So I totally understand singers. I know going to do showcases for my band where. My voice was, you know, I oversang. I, I, I still don't know what I'm doing. I, I just know that I probably never built up my voice where you have that 
built in strength, you know, where it's just what you do. I was always kind of chasing it. And oh man, I'm, I, or you get a little sick on the, or on the road, you didn't sleep well, there's air conditioning, where all that stuff affects singers. And you look at a guy like Robert Plant, you know, in the 70s, you're like, oh, Robert wasn't hitting all the high notes live where he cracked. It's like, do you hear what this guy's doing? Do you hear what he's, he, what he developed into on Zeppelin 1 by the time he's 20? It's insanity. It's so insane to keep that up year after year, especially in the 70s, especially now you're the biggest band in the world. The pressure's on. Every, everybody expects you to be that thing from that recording every night. Nobody has any clue what it's like, you know, to tour, travel, and have to throw that down every night. It's, I think singing is the most difficult thing. So when you see guys do that live, there are some freaks out there that you, I'm just like, decades later, how are you still, how are you still singing like that? Yeah, like, well, and the guy that you worked with, I think, did you actually get to see him work when you played on the Steven Tyler record? Because that guy still sounds amazing years, years later, decades later. Yeah, he's one that always comes to mind because I grew up in Aerosmith and I was, as a kid, I was like, I love that. I love the singer's voice. Sounds like a snake. You know, just, the, and it's such a great character and it's so effortless and just, he's a god. I mean, at the end of the day, he was put here to do that. That's it. That's why guys like that. I get, you know, they get passes, they get passes because they're really at a level, but did I worry? I didn't work him in the studio. He watched me track the drums on his, on his, on the song feels so good. You know, he was there in the control room, which was, a, that's a whole other story of just like, does that make you nervous? Yeah, a little bit because I didn't know him. I had, we had crossed paths, which he doesn't know, but the band Pride and Gloria I was in, in the nineties with Zach Wilde and James Lomenzo, it was Zach's band. We had opened for Aerosmith at, at Donington. We had uh, done a, a run of shows opening for Aerosmith um, after that in the, that year. And uh, um, yeah, so you know, so I was, I think I shook his hand once, you know, Tyler's hand, but that was a long time ago. So, to, but I'm a huge fan. I know the deal, mm -hmm. you know, about Steven. He's originally a drummer and he's particular in the studio. That's right. And, you know, Joey Kramer talking about the pressure in the studio with, with Steven. And, and, and that's where I say give him a pass because I'm like, this guy, this is just, this is a person that, uh, so when I did, so at the studio was great though. It ended, it ended up being great. It was the second take. He, the first take was cool. He I was nervous because they were playing the track back and forth, like the demo to my take, listening. It's like, oh man, he's not digging my feel. That's, I was like, that's it. And then he gets on the talk back. He's like, yeah, you got a, a snare, another snare drum with some more ring to it. And I heard, we, oh, he wants a tighter snare with more pop ring. Went over, grabbed another one, crack, 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 cranked it up, put it in, do the second take. He and the uh, producer, Marty Fredrickson, listened back a couple, you know, and then they, Marty's like, yeah, come on in, man. And I went in the studio, you know, the control room, and Tyler turned around, and he just complimented me and said, that sounds great, you're this drummer, that, you know, very, very nice. And uh, I was like, that's that's a highlight right there. That's, a, that's, that's wow. a, you know, I, at that, those, I don't know about anybody else, but you don't, you don't have to give me a dime. Just let me have that experience and be positive. That means so much more, you know, that you always got to weigh out that, that kind of stuff. You know, I, I really, I'm, I'm on this planet when, when a, a guy like Steven Tyler's and I actually get to work with him that in my lifetime. And I'm, yeah, that's, that's heavy duty. It's worth, that's, that's people dream of that stuff, you know? So that was great. And then after that, a few years later, I don't know, a couple of years later, he called my phone it asked me to play a Varvados tribute, a Varvados benefit with him and Joe Perry with Robert DeLeo on, on bass from STP. And, and uh, I was like, this, this is all, this is, you just asked, just the thought of you asking me to do a show with you, which led us to being able to, the show was cool, but to get to rehearse with those guys the day before 
that was another world. Like, it's, Damn. I don't know about other people. I just know how I feel about it. I think it's pretty much the general consensus would be feeling as I feel. I don't go, I go in there. All right. I've gotten to this place. So you have to, just, I'm going to play drums this is what I do is I played, I grew up on, I learned how to play drums to rock to Aerosmith records. The set list we had, I was like eight, 10 songs, stuff that I learned how to play drums to, you know, so there's no excuses to get, just get on your drums and, and do what you do. And that's that. And which, which I did, and it was all good. But to be in a room with him and to see how he works and see to watch him just that one little uh, day of my life to see to be to to be around him and and on that level with nobody watching you know just the band and you know us as the band and and uh, some of the crew guys it was just it was intense and his ears are huge uh, you know so I, that's a story unto itself you know but yeah he was very kind and very complimentary and that's that is once again. I didn't, you know, you want to play? Yeah, of course I want to do this with you. I didn't, I didn't, I don't ask, I didn't ask for a dime. Like if they, they ended up sending me like a check, thank you. You know, it was like, awesome. I don't care. I'm just, you know, how, you know, that's, that's just stuff that you don't know is ever going to happen in your life. When it happens, it's like massive. Oh, so you didn't like, when you were a kid, you didn't say like one day I'm going to play with Steven Tyler and Ozzy. Like you didn't have those kinds of like goals set out. You were just set out to be a drummer? Well, I dreamed of it. I put every record I put on, I pretend I'm the drummer in Kiss, I'm the drummer in Aerosmith, I'm playing the live bootleg or Kiss Alive or Zeppelin and I'm Van Halen, Rush, I'm pretending. I think, I don't know, I thought that was normal. Pretend you're the guy in the band. You got to, you have to throw down and, and that's, it's a form of, it's a really good form of practice. That kind of pressure right. is fun. It's not even pressure as a kid, you're just having fun. But because you want to get better and you want, and yes, you're dreaming and hopefully, but no, I wasn't like, to, I had, no, that was all fantasy land. Those guys are gods. You're a little kid. So I never really thought of it like that. Even when I got in, I guess, as you get older, I went to music college right out of high yeah. school for, you know, for like three solid years. Berkeley, and, right? Yeah. And you'd hear about people getting gigs. A couple of my friends got some gigs and it was like, it was all like, you're just like, wow, this, you're, you're going to a professional level now. Like you're out of college and you're working, but you know, nobody, what's just funny. There's nobody that talks about that at Berkeley or at a music college and nobody, at least when I was there, there's no classes and there's nothing anybody can tell you to prepare you for situations in the real world. It's like you, every experience is completely different. There's similarities. Yes. This is an audition. These are things to, that's all basic stuff. You know, be prepared, keep your mouth shut and kick ass. You know, that's like, that's it. But, um, how you feel, how you react to certain things that are said to you in a situation you've never been in. That's all like, you know, you can't be taught that, but learning from other, just listening to other people's stories is good. You know, if there was some kind of class where like, it was just like, these are things that are, you know, that people we all know that are successful have gone through to get where they are. I think that's really, that would be really, that's a book I'd read. You know, I think that's cool. That's, that's like the, my life. I feel like that's my life's work. I'm always fascinated because, you know, you talk about playing and having these fantasies as a kid, but how many musicians have those fantasies and they never get to live it out. And you obviously have done so many amazing things. But when you mentioned the Berkeley, I, I heard one story that this, this is something that stood out to me. Uh, you were, you saw the dr other drummers there, right? And you felt like you were not able to keep up with them. So you were like working, what was this thing? Like you're working a landscaping job in the summer and you'd run home and play drums on your lunch break. Like that's how much you practiced. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that in the, cause when I got there, I was exposed to all kinds of new music and drummers from other, you know, I think there was 3000 students in Berkeley on top mm -hmm. of the teachers that were awesome. 
So you're just constantly wherever you go. Like I lived in the dorms. You come down the elevator, walk into the main lobby, go down some steps, and that's where all the mailboxes were. And it was called Drummer's Row because if you sat at the lowest level, there was another little a level of a couple three feet higher. So there was all these chairs lined up, and all the drummers that would come that maybe weren't living at the dorm and they lived in you know some apartments or whatever, they'd all wait for their next classes and it, you know whatever's going on in school that day. And they'd all be lined up at drummer's row with they're just practicing on the floor, you know, so they'd be on the lower level. And there's a second level where people are walking by up there and there's all the mailboxes. And they'd just be so every time you walk by, you got 10, 15, 20 drummers working on chops. Re, you, how could, you know what I mean? You're just constantly, gra- you know, constantly learning and picking up. And, and it's like awesome competition, you know, because oh, this dude knows this or he should, did you hear him play that? Uh, yeah, it was overwhelming, but I, I I ate it up because I was like, hey, how can you not? You know, I guess it can maybe uh, be overwhelming to some people, but I was like, okay, I, I, I do this, and I grew up as a rock drummer, but I had friends, like my buddies were, you know, I could, he could do that, or I learned this from them. Even on guitar, it was endless. Yeah, so but so after doing that, when you I got home, I was like, you know, I mean, Dave Weckl came into the clinic. And we were, he was getting big with Chick Corea at the time. And we were all just like, I mean, he was, he's insane. He's just, and so here we are, like, I'm an 18 year old kid. He's like 26 doing a clinic there talk, talking about how he practiced. You'd read interviews and stuff. And that was, yeah. So when I go home in the summer, you know, and I have a half hour lunch break and it was, I don't know, a six minute drive. And I would just boom, get my car, fly home, run down to the basement, play drums, 1207 to 1222. <laughs> And then fly back to the job. You know, it was like never heard of anything that that's amazing. So how much you were putting a lot of uh, hours into practicing? I mean, you must have an amazing work ethic. Well, I, um, I I don't know. I think right now I could tell you no. Since my twenties, I've been like I need to practice more. That's a long time. I've been saying that I don't practice enough. Uh, but I'm in a different place in life now, so I you don't have to, right? Well, do I? Okay, if I was gonna play basic things I know, you know, and yeah, okay, I can do that. But to feel better about yourself and to feel like you're getting better, which is always important, you're, you, that, like everybody knows, every time you get one little step further, you know, it gives you a little confidence and that change, that's what, I don't know, that's a big part of life, just feeling like you're moving forward and progressing, you know? So mm-hmm. every time I learn a little something on guitar or my fingers feel loose or my wrists feel good, you know, good, and, and that's just positive and it's going to make you react differently but for me it's just like improv it's like i know i know how much better i could be and i and i think it's just taking all your ideas in your head and whatever your ability is and being able to like just flow through them effortlessly that to me is like that's you know just being free with what with your talent that's you know which i watch other drummers do and i'm blown away by and uh and then i go well if i just practice more you know or i just constructed things a little better like i had like a which i'm kind of an organized person for the most part you know so you know, it's, it makes sense for me, but then I go, but there's this other side of reckless energy and, and improving to yourself that at the drop of a dime, you can go over something and make it happen, especially on drums for me. You know, I should be able to do that, but that doesn't mean it's going to come out the way I want to at all. But I did practice a lot and it's, but, but to answer your question, it's focused. It's, it's not hmm. practicing. It's being, what you're, are you focusing when you're practicing? Everybody can practice. Yeah. I'm sitting here with sticks and I'm working on rudiments, but you, are you, are you just are you just going through like a motion sort of thing or are you really looking at like why because i teach a lot like not a lot but i teach you know somebody writes me i'll give if i'm home i'll do it but over the 
I've taught a lot of lessons over the years that kids, beginners, you know, people, you know, the older, you know, that it's get back into the drums. And I'm like, wow, you know, a couple, I notice things quickly, you know, I just notice like, and then I could tell when I'm talking to them or they're trying something new or, or trying to correct something or whatever. I can see right away. Some people, you could see that they're focused and some people have built up, you know, bad practice habits where I'm like, I, I can't help you if I'm not there. Like if you're alone in a room and you have to be able to, it's focus. It's, and sometimes, you know, you're going through the motion warming up, but to actually go, why am I, why am I stumbling over this? Why does this sound herky jerky? Why isn't this comfortable? Okay. You're only going to get past that. If you, if you're really focused, this is like, I am, I have the ability to do this stuff, but this thing's a little bit of a question mark. Hmm. What is it? And I, I always, I used to practice. I always thought, I thought this was a good thing. I'd improv stuff. I was working on improv. I got it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And then I try and put in stuff and just flow. Every time I made a mistake or did something that I didn't, that wasn't what I wanted to do or didn't come out or, or it was wrong. I'd stop and I'd start to try and make an exercise out of it, you know, and I try and fix that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, th th that's what I, that's how I teach. So I'm like, show somebody something and they have it, they have this, they have this, but they don't have that little thing. I'm like, forget all that. Let's get right to the root. What's going on here? What are your hands doing? What's the motion? What's the feel? You got that. Okay. Now we got to get into that. What's the in? What's the out? Once you get that, give it to me slow, but give it to me really slow. You can do this slow. You know, it's really just this and this, you know, but now start linking it all together and then you see them go, yeah, all right. And I'm like, but that's focus practice to me, you know? But yeah, awesome. yeah, so I did put the time in, but I don't enough now. And then I, now I just go, well, have fun with what you what you can do and try to get better. But I, I don't have a schedule where I can, where I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm sure people, <laughs> they wake up and they got the two hours of practice. Yeah, go do okay. this and then I come back two hours of practice and it's like, you know, my, my life doesn't go like that, you know. Gotcha. So that's why, hence, you know, if the more I have a guitar sitting around, the more I have stuff around where I look at it and it's in my face. Why not get put five minutes in right now? Why not? You know, just like, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I know you got to get going here. Um, I did have one last question. I was, I was really curious because you've worked with so many musicians. Who's the most interesting to have conversations with? Like, who do you have these like really deep, like amazing conversations where like, who's the smartest person that you've had conversations with that you've been on the road with? Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a lot of people. Everybody's, uh, it, oh, I don't know who the smartest is. I have no idea. But uh, it's most interesting where you're like, where you just have really interesting conversations. I, there's a, there's, there's probably too many to mention, too many. but, but I would say it's more just for me. I just look at my bosses that have started these bands and I, you're the one when you wake up and say, I want a tour. There's a lot of people employed. You're the one who wrote the hit song. You're the yeah. one, whether it's, Billy Idol or Ozzy or, or, or Coverdale or um, so, um, <laughs> Mick, Mick Jones from Foreigner. Slash. I mean, slash. Yeah, it's like you just, you go, you know, you know, I just, you know, like Mick Jones, Foreigner. He's, you know, it's just, that's his band. Those are the songs he wrote. And I, I just look at him. I'm like, wow, you know, I was learning how to play drums to your records when I was a kid, but it's just, it's just inspiration. And, um, wow, I'm just really impressed that you've gotten yourself to this place. You know, it's, it's amazing because it's not easy to do. I'm here because of you, you know, I'm playing drums for you. And I, and I think their experiences are on levels that most people don't. I mean, you know, how many people can sit there and go, I put a record out with my band Whitesnake and it sold 8 million copies. 
you know, that's like, how did you deal with that pressure? How do you, how did that make you, what did that make you become down the road? You know, and mm -hmm. you know, it can, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of pressure. It's a ton of fun. It's a lot of, but financially things are going on in your yeah. life. You never saw before. It's like, you know, that's, that's all, man. That, that's, that's why people, why aren't you the same band you were? Because we just went through shit that we had no clue how to react to. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Ask Jimmy Page how it, how it was in the, the Yardbirds. Then ask him how it was by the end of Zeppelin too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, come on. It's not, life is not very different, same. you know? So, so yeah. I just, I just try to learn from it and they're all have, but I've been really fortunate to be around a lot of awesome musicians that, that have inspired not just me, but tons of people. And, and I just try and, you know, kind of take some of that and retain it and, you know, see how much advantage I could take of being around that, that, that talent and knowledge, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're, you're with the dead daisies. Now you're doing some shows. There's a new album radiance coming out soon. Um, so people should mark their calendars for that. And then, um, I always end each episode with a charity. Is there one that you like to promote here at the end? Just give a quick shout out. I can put the link in the show notes if people have extra money. Oh, I don't. Um, yeah, you know, I might say music cares. Or, okay. Or, yeah. Or, that's a good one. That's, promoted that. Yeah. And, and, or, uh, I don't know the proper name, but I've seen it. I just, uh, it's, you know, pushing to keep music in schools because that was um, normal when we grew up, you know, yeah. that was just a normal thing. Pick an instrument, get in school band like that, like music, music, all this other stuff, you know, I know, hey, why do we have to learn, you know, why are we learning whatever algebra or something? Well, you know, the more you push yourself, the more you can, you know, you go above what you may need, you know, that makes you smarter. But man, music is whether you're a musician or not, just um, music makes the world go around pretty much more than anything, you know? Yeah. Well, and a lot of music is math. I'm learning too. Like I had this one guy who was in a band and now he's a, he's a computer programmer and he said, Oh, it's all related. I'm like, okay, good point. Yeah. yeah you know, oh, the people go, Oh, drums, you know, shouldn't count. You know, it, it shouldn't be numbers. It should be feel and all that. I'm like, yeah, but there are mathematical things that make sense and, and yeah. ba some basic stuff, you know? And, and, uh, as is with a lot of stuff, but you know, it's, you know, it's, Lots of things are lots of things combined. You know, it's not just Absolutely. one thing. They put things together and it becomes that. But uh, yeah, so that, that, but I think that's important, you know, to, to give, to, you know, so like sports. Okay, cool. Sports everywhere. Why, what, what's, why not music? Music can be completely creative and it's non competitive. So that's mm -hmm. a different form of, that's a different part of your brain going on there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I know yeah. you got to get going. So I appreciate it. And uh, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Awesome. Thanks. All Thanks. Right. Uh, good talking. Thanks for having me. You too. Thanks yeah. so much, Brian. See you. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you again to Brian and his PR team. Again, my apologies for not going into the new Dead Daisies album more. I should have covered that at the top. But again, they do have a new album out. It's called Radiance. Check that out. And again, check out my interview with David Lowy. I've also interviewed uh, Doug and Glenn on the show about a year ago. You can check out that one as well. Uh, uh, check the Dead Daisies website. It's in the show notes. And that will have current tour dates. And you can also follow Brian on social media to keep up with him and all the crazy stuff he does. He's a busy man. He, he does other projects like the Bonzo Bash. That's a tribute show to John Bonham and lots of other cool stuff. And if you want to keep up with my show, you can subscribe and or follow me on social media. And of course, your likes, shares, and comments on there go a very long way. And I'm eternally grateful for that. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And remember to shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon.